Welcome, everybody. This is uh, concludes our week of all calls, although we are expecting a visit from Jimmy Fallon, who will be joining me along with Kat Timpf and I think Kennedy at the uh, Music Hall in the Chelsea Music Hall under the Chelsea Market on Monday. That's next Monday, so do check us out there. 8.30 uh, p.m. 8.30 p.m. Uh, and in Chelsea. In Chelsea at the Chelsea Market. I'll be there, too. Susan will be there. We'll hang out afterwards. We'll love to answer questions. But uh, today we are answering questions on in need topic. Uh, again, we're at a special time. We go back to our usual schedule next week and usual guests and whatnot. Though there's a little flyer for what's coming up. All right. So we are on Twitter Spaces. You raise your hand there. You come up, uh, ask me anything, uh, really on any topic. Uh, hopefully we can. Uh, Should we also mention that if you go to drdrew.com slash NY comedy and use the code drew the tickets are 50% off. Okay. For our listeners. And that's 50% off $30. So the ticket will be 15. So bring a friend, get some butts in the seats and ask us and we'll some tell questions. You more after this. Our laws as it pertains to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. I think everyone knows the next medical crisis could be just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of another pandemic or something much more routine like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their physicians on like Dr. McCullough frequently. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. It's really, it's a safety net. It's an insurance policy yeah, absolutely. that you hope you're not going to need, but if you need it, you sure as heck are going to wish you had it if you need it. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin, z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all these life-saving medications. From anthrax to tick bites, to COVID-19, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help you and your family stay safe from whatever life throws at you next. Go to drdrew.com slash TWC. That is drdrew.com forward slash TWC to get 10% off today. Just click on that link. Speaking of TWC, I think people have seen some of the announcements. We are getting very much involved with TWC, and I'm coming up with some of my own packets that I think my my you know my my greatest uh, pleasure in working with TWC is that they are trying to restore the pay. And put it this way. The most efficient unit we have in medicine is a well-informed caring physician and an informed, motivated patient. That's your best unit. Anything you put on top of that is a mess. Now, the physician part has become adulterated by being employed by a hospital, insurance companies. There are a million, you know, we're aware of the drug companies and what they're doing. We've been adulterated a million ways. So we've, we have lost that battle. It seems to me the way to, to fight it 
An alternative way to fight it is to put the locus of control back in the hands of the patient. And that's what TWC is interested in doing. That's what I am interested in doing. So I'm happy to be a part of that. And, and I will mention again, so it makes Susan very happy when I talk about this Monday, November 6th. We're going to be 8.30 at the Chelsea Music Hall. We're going to be uh, answering your questions. Me, Kat Timp, Jimmy Fela, and... I'm hearing now Kennedy. Is that true, Susan? Is she actually going to be here? Yeah, I invited her, and she goes, oh, you mean to be on the show? And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> okay, why of not? Of course. Of course. It's going to be a total shit show. Join well, here's us. something interesting on uh, on the restream. Dr. Drew is a Scientologist. That's why you can get away with everything. I've never been to a Scientology anything, but uh, that's an interesting accusation. In fact, I was attacked by Scientology several times. Uh, once I was sort of speculating why you know, people who seem so competent and rich in terms of their contribution to the world were involved with this thing and they attacked me for that. Uh, so yeah, be that as it one. may, we are out on, what, you, that's a, what's a new one? That I'm a Scientologist. That's a new yeah. one, yeah. I've, that's <laughs> one I have not heard yet. It's been a long time. Never heard that one. Who said it? Let's see if uh, anything else. Uh, Thank you, Mika. Made us laugh. Oh, Tom Cigar is going at it. Thank you, Tom. Tom, Tom is Tom is on the trolls fast, boy. He's just like, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, but he's over on Twitch. He's not on YouTube. Well, he's on the restream where I get to see him. Also, we are. Uh, I see Susan over the Rumble Rants. You guys are all there. Thank you for being here. And again, we were out on the restream. We were taking your questions there. You raise your hand, and we'll bring you up. Uh, I did not. I failed to mention. Uh, on Susan's behalf, that if you go to drdrew.com slash comedy, is that correct, everybody? Yes. You can get a coupon using code DREW to get 50%, 50, 50 off. off the show. Online. Monday night, 830, uh, Chelsea Music Hall. Come on, New Chelsea York. Market. Show up for us. <clears throat> we want <clears throat> you there. Surrounding area. I'm excited. It'll probably just uh, be like 10 people and then us. <laughs> it could be more, even more fun. Who knows? We'll have It'll a bigger panel than the the fans <laughs> that's really funny or we'll have just our friends in there everybody wants <clears throat> to be on the show so uh i i uh want to sort of get something out of the way right now too so we're not talking about this after the show do we have next week's schedule set up uh caleb is that our usual time all the way across i am i'm not 100 percent sure and i'm afraid to say it with my Baby you know what? Brain. We have Christina. We have Christine Anderson on Tuesday, yes. and that's going to be at noon Pacific because she is that EU leader who is in, I think, UK, and Possibly she's about eight hours later or seven. Hours yeah, later. and we're going to give her an hour because we got to pack up at right at the top of the hour because I have to jump on a plane. Right, right, and uh, I also I love that we're doing this at the beginning of the show instead of the end this time. Wow, we're really mixing things up. But, uh, <laughs> oh shh, my I, I am, my calendar. Uh, let me let me just. Let, Let me, me pull the curtain quick. back here. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, my calendar, what it you says is that on Tuesday the 7th, that at 1130, mm -hmm. it's 1130 a.m. Pacific time is whenever we have the show. Oh. Then on Wednesday the 8th, the show goes back uh, on to 3 p.m. Pacific. And then on Thursday the 9th, it also looks like it, it could. Uh, it's, same. I'm not. Yeah, same. Correct. Same, yeah. Correct. From and, Austin. And they'll be from Austin, and the twos will be from New York with Christine Anderson. Kelly Fingers will be here on, crossed. on Wednesday. Yeah, Kelly's going to take over. If tune in. Tune in I, to those I Austin think, episodes. I think we it's found actually, a new studio. Yes, it would be very interesting. And, and I, I um, think it's going to be actually noon on that Tuesday, according to my last email from uh, Emily Barsh. And I'm sure she's listening and will text us if there's any change on that. Um, okay. Uh, the other thing is I want to pull the Take curtain some back. Calls. Okay, well, in just a second. Uh, 
I'm getting so many texts that we we um I think Caleb the arrival of the baby has sent us all off our rockers. <laughs> and so no. apologies to everybody. Not we, me. We know what you're dealing with out there I got to raise I got hacked on Facebook so I Susan got hacked. Just a whole confluence of factors have come to bear recently that are making everybody uh, off our rockers. That's about the best way to describe it. So let's Speak go to for some yourself, calls. sweetness. I am off my rocker. This is AKA Mr. Roper. We'll get him up here and see what's going on with Mr. Roper. And you have to be sure to unmute your mic. Hello? Mr. Roper. Hey there, go right ahead. Hey, how's it going, Drew? Uh, I had a couple of questions. Uh, one comment on the Scientology thing. <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I think one of the reasons that so many competent people are, uh, are hacked by Scientology is that they, they crave praise. And I think that the Scientologists, uh, they know how to hack people's brains a little bit and their emotions. And so they give them ultra praise and they do the, the NLP thing. Um, and it's a good way to get them in. Well, they, they do all, all sorts of organizations like that do this thing called love bombing as a way of getting people in. And they they are particularly, look up love bombing if you want to see a really interesting technique. And it works if you're not aware it's happening to you. Uh, and they are particularly focused on celebrities. They, they, uh, they really put a high value in bringing them in. So that's, that's where they really give a... A lot of love bombing and resources. So, and I'm sure it works for people for a period oh, wow. of time. But it's 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 that that all in. Always be very careful when anyone wants you to be all in or all out on any topic or any club or any anything. It, it should never be all in or all out. That's a, that's a disturbed uh, circumstance when you're being required to be all in or all out. Sure, sure. I had one question so also up? to go along with that. So about a month and a half ago, okay. um, it's about one o'clock in the morning. Um, I go to sit down and I feel this really, I, I sit down and I feel this really strange pulsing, um, just at the base of my neck, kind of behind my sternum, but just under my neck. And it really kind of, it felt like a heart thing. Um, and it went on for about mm -hmm. 20 seconds. Um, kind of scared me a little bit. I took a couple of aspirin and it went away. I, uh, mm -hmm. I went to the, uh, the ER the next morning, about maybe 10 hours later, um, they pulled a blood test. They did a, uh, EKG. They did a, um, a, uh, uh chest x-ray and a few other things. Um, right. after, so my blood test shows not an elevated, uh, troponin levels. It was like 2.3 or under 2.3. Um, yeah. and, and as far as the EKG goes, it says I have a sinus arrhythmia, a right bundle block, um, and uh, the cardiologist said that he couldn't uh, hear the P hear hear my pulse at PMI. Is there? Do you have any idea? Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm looking at all these different things, and I'm seeing like uh, you know enlarged heart and you know pericarditis and myocarditis. I'm I'm not vaccinated, but I had a pretty intense uh, Delta COVID in 2020. <laughs> 2021 mm, mm. um and i'm do, just do you have what, an large heart wait hang on was the heart enlarged well i haven't had a had a on the x-ray it didn't show that i guess but i haven't had an echo okay, done yet okay. i'm waiting for that still okay um but when i was 16 okay. i'm 35 so, years old now when i was okay. 16 they, so, uh, I, had a, I had a doctor tell me that i had an enlarged aorta by 10 percent 
Yeah, that's a hard thing to judge, particularly that small. Well, did you had you had a CAT scan for some reason? Is that why they saw that? Well, I was getting a physical for water polo, and the doctor was like, I'm sure you don't have it, but maybe just to check uh, Marfan syndrome. I think my chest kind of protrudes a little bit, and in the middle it sinks. So he wanted to have me see a cardiologist just to make sure, and they looked at it, and he said, your, your aorta is about 10% dilated, but other than that, you're fine. It'd probably be fine, but... Of course, I didn't. He told me to keep an eye on it, which of course I didn't do, and instead, you know, smoked for the next eighteen years, pretty heavy. And um, ooh, you know, that's not good. I'm glad you're not doing that right now. Well, so so that's called pectus, right? Pectus, pectus excavatum, and that is sometimes you must be a tall person. Also, it made them think about Marfans. Um, but yeah. the ability to assess an aortic uh, diameter within ten percent is kind of a inexact science. So I'm, I, I I wonder if that's real. Probably what you had was just P PVCs, right? Which are really common, which is your heart's going along. It's bump, 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 pause, yes. bump, 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 yeah. bump, pause, boom. And that that's PVCs. That and should those, be a clip. Those are normal. And the only the rhythms you have to worry about are either irregularly irregular, like ba 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 all over the place, or fast rhythms. Ba 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 those are the more concerning rhythms in your age group with a normal heart. Okay. I the fact that you have a right bundle branch block is sort of can be incidental. I had a right bundle branch for a while, it went away, strangely. That uh, was when I was lifting heavy weights. I had it with your smoking history mm. and stuff. I think it's good to see a cardiologist, but I think it's probably just plain old PVCs. Okay. Thank you so much, Drew. I appreciate it. Hey, hey, when? How does somebody your age even know who Mr. Roper is? Oh, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, of the show. I, I actually watch. I watch both iterations of the show. I'm kind of an old. So I, I was listening to you guys when I in the in the mid '90s when I was like you know, eight years old, nine years old. And I kind of got exposed to a lot of 70s, even like 60s TV. So I'm a, I love all the, wow. you know, 30s and 40s Hollywood and all that. So I'm, I'm kind of an old man. Have you, Adam, an and old I man lately, Adam and I lately have been, been analyzing the Partridge family and Love Boat to, to, oh, beautiful. to shine a light on how fucked up the 70s were. But, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> they were a Perfect. mess, trust me. Trust me, they were most. The fact that we're doing anything remotely like that these days is uh, ridiculous. Uh, okay, this is uh, Money Penny. Money Penny. And I'm begging your guys' uh, patience. It takes a second to get the guests up, and then it takes even a second further after that to get the uh, mic unmuted. So, Money Penny. Hi, Dr. Drew. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm coming up to four Money. years of long COVID. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Um, I do, but this sounds awful. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, the worst thing is that mm. I thought I was 80% better and then something happened and I took a massive dive again. Um, I've got a question uh, pertaining to um, connective tissue illnesses. Um, this is through the rheumatology mm. um, explorations I've had. I'm having um, a, a hell of a lot of... Um, Neuralgia, and I've got non-zero rheumatoid arthritis, um, osteoarthritis, uh, cerebral vasculitis, and a number of other vascular and thrombotic type illnesses that have been identified. But as a whole, the group of long COVID people that are sort of two or three years uh, plus in are seeing a huge amount of connective tissue illnesses, but they're not coming up as being autoimmune. The ANA, the ACA, all these tests that are done are not coming out positive. Can you explain why and what the significance of that would be? 
Okay, let, let me, I'll just tell you where my head goes. First of all, I mean, you know, if you have vasculitis, it's hard to call that long COVID. It's almost like you have a second illness now. And, and so I would imagine that the, and I don't know if it's incidental or caused by the COVID or who knows, but, you know, the treatment modalities that would work for the more traditional notion of what long COVID is, you're in a different category, right? Do you understand that? Yeah, I was perfectly fit beforehand, though. I had absolutely nothing mm -hmm. other than a bit of hay fever, you know? No, so no, I'm not, it saying, I'm not saying it's disconnected. Immunity. Yeah, possibly. I I, I'm not saying it's disconnected from COVID. I'm saying it's you're in a you're in a different realm here with with these specific conditions. But let me tell you how they hook in together in my mind. I I've been convinced that the the majority of particularly long COVID and some of the pathologies of COVID itself is an endotheliitis, right? That there's something about this spike protein, it's interacting with the lining of our arteries in such a way as to create uh, an inflammatory activation, both in terms of cytokine and immune cell activation. And if that continues on, it makes sense to me that you'd ultimately get a full-blown, what we call vasculitis, which means vessels are being destroyed by the by the endotheliitis. I've not seen that before. You're the first person I've spoken to that has that, but it makes sense to me that it could go on to that. So uh, have you been treated with yeah. more traditional immune modulatory sorts of interventions? No, I've just been offered steroids, prednisolone and hydroxychloroquine I've been well, offered, uh, which I turned down. Um, I'm not vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, I had the original Wuhan strain. So my spike protein is from yeah, the COVID. original virus itself. Yeah, it's from COVID. It's not mm -hmm. from, uh, you know, an interaction of a medical substance that's been given to me. Um, but no, I no, thought I was out Listen, I had long COVID. I had long COVID twice. I had from not from the vaccine. I had long COVID twice. Both times I had COVID, I had long COVID, and it, it's a it catches your attention. And I thankfully only had it for a few weeks, but it it's miserable. It is truly, truly miserable. Yeah, so I'm disabled. I, I, my heart goes out to you. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, it's a terrible illness. And they're saying now what seventy seven percent. 7% of adults may get long COVID, but the vast majority resolve. 48 million are confirmed. Yeah. 48 million people confirmed. I am so sorry. I wish, I wish, I, the one thing I would say is take a good look at whether or not any of the anti-cytokine, anti-interleukin, anti-interferon interventions that we were doing back in the day of alpha and delta might have a role to play here. Because it just... You have that kind of activation. So, I mean, that, that you know, it's kind of how COVID would do its thing acutely. You're getting in sort of a long form. So it makes sense to me that some of the things, you know, toxiluzumab or who knows what, maybe lorandamab, these other things that we used to think about for acute COVID might have some utility in this, this awful thing you're dealing with. I'm so sorry. Well, this is Queen, uh, Queen of the Juice. Uh, we'll get into it and then we'll... Uh, Continue to take your calls. I'll look over on the restream while we're waiting for the Queen of the Juice to come on up. Uh, here's somebody saying, uh, enough with the long COVID. Was that, hang on one second, Queen. Was that a short, long COVID? Uh, was that a short, long COVID? I don't know what DE means by that. Yes, uh, Bando patches, 7% is a lot. Uh, but the vast majority of those resolve. They don't end up like our last caller. 
yeah, I had a, I had a, I got better with fluvoxamine and uh, learning language and exercise. But it, the first time when I had bad COVID, it took a couple months. It took a couple months. The second time when I had almost, I didn't even know I had COVID, it was like two weeks. But it was a very, it's a very characteristic feeling I got. Sorry about that, Queen of the Juice. What's going on? Hey, um, hey, Doctor Drew. Hey, um, I've actually, hey, um, hey um, I'm actually. I'm more concerned about um, the trauma-based mind control with the media and the scare tactics that uh, that mm. they have used, and uh, what effects that's had not only on you know the elderly who are for the most part mm. isolated already in our society, mm-hmm. and then on uh, the young, uh, the young, and and knowing now that the uh, that the shots they don't stop the illness. And they create additional problems. We know that. The CDC has said that. Uh, I want to know why are doctors still uh, telling, uh, especially the elderly uh, and the most vulnerable people in our society, to take these shots that, that they know don't stop anything. They okay. know cause additional so let me, problems. Let me, I'm going to attempt. It's a good question. Let me attempt to answer. It's a, a big, big, big question. So when when the COVID outbreak first happened, I thought it was all at the hands of the press that were trying to whip up panic. And I knew panic could only make things worse. So I was very angry about this. I was saying, you know, don't listen to these people. Don't listen to them. I didn't know the government was involved at the time. Uh, I should have thought of that because I worked, you know, uh, under the behest of Dr. Fauci back in the days of AIDS. And we used a lot of fear back then too. It's the wrong thing to do. But this, in the present media environment, where it's 24-hour news cycles and they they have no conscious and conscience in terms of using fear, and then social media was out of control. It's it's a new era where fear is terribly destructive, and they continue to use it. They continue to use fear, fear to capture eyes without concern for what that does to you. I would urge you to look at people that were eight to 15 years of role, years of age during the lockdown. Imagine you were nine years old and someone told you shelter in place, which is what you tell somebody when a nuclear missile is approaching. Shelter in place or you're going to kill mom and grandma. You're going to kill your family. And we're going to take you away from your peers for two years. Imagine what would happen to you. Of course, the mental health consequences are profound. Of course they are. And by the way, in the meantime, we'll, you'll lose your uh, educational milestones, but we'll give you a screen which will expose you to pornography and sexting. Have at it. it was, it's really been a, just, a, just an awful misadventure that harmed young people, which in terms of years of life lost, we got to remember that we were very focused on nursing home patients and the very elderly, which was appropriate. But in terms of years of life lost, the average life expectancy in most studies for a male admitted to a nursing home for long-term care is six months. That's the average life expectancy. If you're harming people that are nine years old, that's 70 years of life you're affecting. It's a very different responsibility, a very different thing. So that's one side of, of what I'm concerned about. Now, then you asked about, in any event, I, I overstated myself and I got very angry about it and hubristic and that was my mistake. Uh, and I missed some things because of it. It's important for all of us to not have irrational certainty on anything. It, to be certain is irrational. We need rational uncertainty. That is James, uh, um, Dr. Fryman's uh, frame on things, which I thought was just perfect. Irrational certainty is, ir- certainty is irrational. Science Biology, it's all uncertain, and you can be rationally uncertain and still make good decisions. 
hubristic. Hubris is not in the game. Now, then you asked a separate question, which was about elderly and vaccines. So I'm someone who vaccinates elderly patients. And I've seen zero side effects. I have many hundreds of elderly patients, zero side effects, and considerable benefit. You have to remember, in elderly patients, things get very complicated. There are often times, like I had a patient with liver failure and tuberculosis who got COVID, whom I couldn't use Paxlovid on. Paxlovid, I've also seen that work extraordinarily well in the elderly. So it's a different question, vaccinating a population who has a lot to gain. By the way, they they lose, they get much sicker from COVID, or lives are much more endangered by it, versus somebody who has essentially no risk from curve COVID, like a 25 year old male, and who will has a finite risk of myocarditis. We can argue about whether it's one in four thousand, one in eight thousand, one in fifty thousand. The risk of dying from COVID is not one in 50,000. It's like one in a million in that age group. It's very remote, or let's say at least say one in 100,000. And th these are different considerations, vaccinating certain populations versus another, treating certain populations with a medication. Paxlovid was only studied over age 65. So we really don't know what we're doing with that medication under age 65. And by the way, it's going to be 1300 bucks now. Is that worth it? We don't know. We don't, I mean, it's a very significant cost-benefit consideration. So the point being is stay uncertain. Be, you know, constantly try to get more information to approximate the truth. Um, we'll never get there. We're always trying to get there. We will never get there. We just get some approximation of it. But but try not to go all one way or all the other. Keep keep an open mind. That's my best advice. What, what, do, you, what do you say to all that, Queen? Um, I'm, I'm still, um, very concerned about because the elderly, they've been taking all of these flu shots most of all their lives and, and we've never gotten mm -hmm. even the right strain of flu. I feel like they've been vaccine damaged their whole lives and that's why their immune systems well, are so Let me, cool. let me just push back on you. Let me just push back. We are having no problem. I'm having no problem getting people into their nineties, you know, in good shape. I mean, there's a, there's always a fall off. I, I would recommend Peter Atia's book if you want to read about longevity. It's called uh, Outlive, and there's always a fall off at some point in your 80s where you lose muscle mass, you lose mobility, you lose cognitive function. It just it just happens to the human. It's just how we're how we're genetically set up. Uh, and I'm not seeing that happen. I'm, that's happening at later and later, later times in life. We've been pushing that back consistently. People have been living longer, better. Um, I don't see anything like that in my patients being injured or damaged by anything. I just don't see it. Well, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming from a person who most of my grandparents have gotten cancer and, um, mm. you know, had the, had the end of life protocols of getting overdosed with opium mm. about hospice. Mm. And, and that is mm. what the medical establishment seems to, uh, making us medical debt slaves womb to tomb. Um, I'm someone that I was always vaccinated as a child. I was sick now as an adult and I don't get the vaccines. I never get sick. And so my well, immune system listen, has hey, listen, I, I, do, I Philosophically, philosophically, I am actually with you. <laughs> I, I do. I want you to have control of your health care. I, I really, I'm, I'm in that mode now where I think that is a critical focus. Uh, I think it's going to become my life going forward is trying to put patients back in the driver's seat, but helping them do that in 
ra in rational ways and safe ways and you know best risk reward analysis ways where they are helped in those decisions and they're not easy i make them all the time for patients indeed those are that those are not easy decisions to make and so uh, i i'm philosophically with you um but I would want to talk more, you know, if you were my patient and I were giving you control of things, I, I would want to talk more about some of the some of the decisions you're making and why you made them and, you know, advise you to educate yourself more in certain areas. And, and then we would go forward. I, I want you to have control of your healthcare. I, I, I like that you're thinking that way. I have to take a little break. Thank you for that call. We have many more calls to come. And we've got uh, Jimmy Fela stopping by after the break. Susan and I have been looking for nutrition pack, great tasting greens drink for a while. And then we tried our friends at Paleo Valley's Organic Super Greens, which is superior to what's out there on the market. Our friends at Paleo Valley, well, they think of everything, and they've created what's been called a magical green powerhouse. All three delicious varieties, pure unflavored, strawberry lemonade, and tropical, contain 23 certified organic antioxidant-rich superfoods, including the highest quality spirulina. It's also free of cereal grasses, gluten, grains, Soy and dairy and no added sugars or artificial sweeteners. And what's more, it delivers digestive enzymes, polyphenols, which are believed to burn fat, and eight essential amino acids. Imagine the time, effort, and cost of trying to make this yourself. It's impossible. Head on over to drdrew.com slash paleovalley, and you will get 15% off your first order. All the great products they have there, 15% off at drdrew.com slash paleo, P-A-L-E-O. Fall is right around the corner, which means dry, flaky red skin from allergy season is coming with it. But the best way to take care of your skin is with our skincare secret, Genucel. You don't need to worry about that puffy, tired eye look or those annoying dark spots or even dry, flaky skin because Genucel skincare has you covered. Susan and I love our Genucel products so much, we want you to try our personally curated skincare bundles. It's risk-free at genucel.com slash Drew. Genucel works so well, you can see the results in this unplanned live moment on our show when the Redness Repair Cream repaired my skin in just minutes right before your eyes. Their concentrated vitamin C serum helps keep your skin plump and hydrated. Plus, with their immediate effects, you can see astonishing results in under 12 hours. Quick, effective, and easy. Go to genucel.com slash Drew right now to try our bundles and save over 60% today. And remember to enroll in Genucel's world-class concierge program for additional savings and free shipping. Don't wait. It's genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash D-R-E-W. These products have transformed my life and Susan's and saved her marriage. Discover the key to oral hygiene, regardless of your current daily dental routine. Whether you diligently brush and floss multiple times a day, or you struggle, you got bleeding gums, bad breath, plaque buildup. This revelation is for both of you. Surprisingly, over 350,000 Americans experience health issues that may be connected to their toothbrush or even caused by it, ranging from heart or blood sugar problems, forgetfulness, digestive difficulties, immune issues, all related to oral hygiene. Scientific studies have shown that a simple switch of your toothbrush can lead to a healthier teeth and potentially save your marriage. Yes. Save your marriage. Our study, we did a personal study. My wife, Susan, hates the sound of the sonic toothbrushes, but introducing the real white sonic toothbrush, of course, also their hydroxyapatite dirty mouth mineral toothpaste by Primal Life Organics, these products have transformed my life and Susan's and saved her marriage. It's much quieter. It's a very powerful toothbrush 
but it is quiet and it saved our marriage. So the real white sonic toothbrush from Primal Life Organics stands out among all other electric toothbrushes I've tried. It effectively eliminates plaque, harmful bacteria, promotes gum health. Get yours and enjoy 60% off at naturaltoothbrush.com slash DREW. Welcome back, everybody. We are taking your calls. And um, I'm getting mixed messages about whether Mr. Fela is ready to rock or not. He's ready. No, he's ready. Okay. because I, I mean, gotta, I don't know. We'll see. You guys are blowing he's, up my phone with all kinds of texts. He said he's in his seat, ready to roll. Including Jimmy's not in his seat. Jimmy, he's welcome to the pro. program. He's he a is, pro. He's a pro. Hey, hey, hey. Jimmy Fela. Yeah. Hey, buddy. How you are heard, you? Better now. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Susan's a bit of a texter. So, uh, it was <laughs> a Oh, lot my of God. Little back and forth, she, over and who I, was I where and when, and uh-huh. yeah, and I, and I tell her like you're blowing. I'm trying to do a podcast. You're blowing oh, up my phone. What did I say? What did I do? Like I just thought you needed to know. Like okay, <laughs> just oh, no, no, I love Susan. The- no, no, Susan is a human group text. Like, and I do mean this. I enjoy yes. her enthusiasm for the text. Drew, she texted me well, yesterday about this. And then went on for nine minutes about an Uber ride she had taken recently in San Jose. <laughs> it was like, what is even so, happening? It's so, amazing. So, <laughs> you were a cab driver. I so, thought you might appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So, so Jimmy, <laughs> okay. She just, I, so, so Jimmy, this is a great example. So you have to speak fluent Susan to speak Susan. She, I would have known that she would have been in her brain thinking about you as a cab driver when she launched into that Uber conversation. But you have to, you have to translate in real time or you'll miss a whole lot. It's <laughs> a lot going on, man. Uh, I'm, right, I'm just tell me getting to stop my- stop when you want me to stop. <laughs> No, no, we love you, Susan. You're the best. But it's like I said, there's this there's this infectious enthusiasm to your texts uh, that it, it's a lot. It's like it's drinking out of a fire hose. Uh, and, and I mean it in a good way. <laughs> but it's only now, Drew, that you invoked me being a cab driver that I even stopped to consider why you were telling me this. Because it was just, it's not like yeah. you wouldn't just tell me something like this yeah. anyway. But now it makes sense. Uh, oh, no, listen. We, we, my kids and I read her text back to each other. So we, for comedy. Well, tell the story about what <laughs> happened in the Uber. The Uber was, again, she needs to, there's a whole conversation she just had with herself that prompted her to tell me this. I, I'm aware of it. I can read her brain now. It's crazy. I can read her mind exactly. So, so she, the fact is we were in San Jose. We ordered an XL Uber. This guy pulls up in a minivan with like suspect name of a, some kind of company on the side opens up it said American. It, it, yeah. It did not look like a XL, but we jumped in. We were on our way to the airport and uh, we quickly got on the freeway and a uh, car would not go over 35 miles an hour. I noticed. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, well, it really isn't road safe for over 35. So this is fine. Even though we're on a freeway with people zooming past us. And then uh, my wife, who's in addition to being an expert text texter, group texter, she has a nose that is uh, phenomenal. And she goes, something's on fire. Some, something's on fire. I smell smoke. And uh, about that time, and I thought at that time, we're sort of getting towards the off ramp. I'm you know, trying to calculate in my head how many more yards we have to get to the pull up on the airport. I'm thinking- We coasted off the ramp. Yeah, I'm thinking even if this thing's on fire, we're going to make it. So I kind of shut up. And the whole engine catches on fire uh, just as we pull up to the uh, the uh, 
luggage drop off and the guy gets out of the car and, and she starts speaking to him in Spanish, which is a language he did not speak, yeah. uh, nor English. He didn't uh, know what fuego meant. Yeah. She, she was going, fuego, fuego. And he's like, what what? He opened I, the hood. And he opened the hood and smoke billowed out. He closed the hood and drove away. <laughs> so to get his next uh, customer. Five stars. You got where you needed to go. Five stars. <laughs> Five star. His work is done. Scary. I love this. Um, well, so I knew you're going to join me. I don't. How long? How long do I have you today? Like for just a few minutes? Is that what we're doing there? You're going to join me and Cat, and I guess now Kennedy, because the the group test text kept getting bigger. And eventually, uh, Kennedy got caught caught in the collateral crossfire. Now she's on the show, uh, yep. and so it's going to be at the Chelsea Music Hall, uh, November sixth. Be there at seven thirty. Shows at eight thirty, uh, beneath the Chelsea Market. Uh, tell people about your Fox Across America show. Also, while we're talking Whoa. about this stuff, so. Fox Cross America is obviously it's a terrestrial radio show here at Fox News. It's on weekdays from noon to three. And obviously you can get the podcast on the Fox News app or anything like that. But yeah, we're on about 155 stations across the country. And I hear this, Drew. My radio superpower is the fact that I don't have one. I am very much a regular person having a conversation like you do a talk show. I do a talk show. Most mm -hmm. political radio is either a staunch right-wing advocacy hour or the complete opposite. I really, I do mean this. It's not like shtick. Like I'm not doing a Republican talk show. I'm doing an American talk show. I'm trying to find people yeah. who will just have the conversation because it's so much more productive yeah. than just screaming at people to vote one way. Because if somebody's changing the station oh and they don't agree with it, now they just got an angry guy, you're not going to win them over. So, you know, we're doing the whole... You know, you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. And our honey is like a honey vodka. So it's that much more sticky. <laughs> it's, a, it's a laughable honey. Uh, and so it, it is uh, that kind of material we're going to be getting into uh, on Monday, November 6th. You can get 50% uh, off tickets to the Chelsea Music Hall at uh drdrew.com slash nycomedy, one word, and use the code DREW. And when you check out, you get 50% off. And Jimmy, I think one of the reasons people are willing to have those conversations with you, it's, it's that history of sort of blue collar working, driving a cab, that kind of stuff. I think people really relate to that history that you have. Yeah, you know, um, I think most of the people out there they don't want an academic in this moment when it comes to politics. Uh, they don't want to Google mm -hmm. which House resolution didn't pass because of a cloture vote. They just want to hear a person give it to them in a language they understand. I mean, again, that's kind yeah. of the hook. Like, I am communicating at a third grade level, but a third grade level allows you to, you know, process what I'm saying, have an opinion on it, and feed back. And I think that's the biggest challenge of right now is a lot of people want to show the world how smart they are. Uh, but a lot mm. of times that doesn't make for a good conversation. If I've got to Google every third thing you're saying, uh, we're not really having a give and take. So my show, I say this, Drew, like it sounds like we get paid in tequila and Tide Pods. And that's partly because it's true and mainly because like that's <laughs> the vibe. That's what you want to do, you know? Yeah. Do, do, were you ever much of a student of American history? Yeah, but not on a level where anyone listening to this would copy off me on a test. 
but whatever you invoke, I'm no, probably semi versed in it. Yeah. Yeah, but I just, I just, I, I, you know, I know Kilmeade, who precedes you, is very involved in history and he's very oh, much considers himself no, no, kind no. of a student of history. No, what? he's no? unhealthy. No, no, no. Kilmeade likes history the way everyone knows a little kid who likes dinosaurs too much and works it into every conversation. You're like, hey, Ricky, how you doing? I like dinosaurs. Like, wow, thank you for that, Ricky. I was just saying hello. That's Kilmeade. You see him in the elevator. I'm like, how'd the show go? It's like, you know, Samuel Jackson and, uh, <laughs> Frederick Douglass had a conversation on May the 9th, 1852. I'm like, whoa, what just happened to your Kilmeade? Non sequitur. He no no, he has an unhealthy love of history, and I love him for it. But yeah, you I don't I'm not on you that. You have level. completely you put Kilmeade to rest for me. Thank you for that. Well done. <laughs> <So> <laughs> think of this as a third grader with a dinosaur obsession. S Susan, anything else we need to get from Jimmy before I let him go? I don't know. Uh, Jimmy, do you have long. any questions for Dr. Drew? Because this is called Ask Dr. Drew. Oh, you dang right it is. Well, first of all, um, Monday Night Show. Okay, you should know I'm excited about this. Yeah. Kat and I were just talking about it on my radio show a little while ago. Are we basically doing this with a live audience? Basically. I, I thought a little bit of a Gutfeld-esque quality to it, too. Okay. But yes, we'll get audience interaction. We'll get you, your thoughts. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, have some, I have some things I want you guys to talk about. Yes. So when you say, so all right, so question. a Gutfeld-esque. So a gutfeld esque quality. Do you want me to dress as if I'm five foot one? <laughs> no, I don't want you to be gutfeld. I want you to wear one of your crazy coats. I want you to be Fela. Oh, let me tell oh, yeah. you something, girlfriend. If you want a just for the occasion outfit, for real, because I have a I, I have a couple of jackets mm. that shock the conscience. That like I've been, you know, every <laughs> once in a while you get a phone call from wardrobe, not an email because they can't say the things they want to say in writing because it's corporate America. But I have a couple of jackets that have elicited <laughs> a phone response uh, that I'd be happy to unveil Monday night if that's okay with you. I, I'll be happy if I confuse you with Divine. <laughs> well, I tell you, like my, my hook, Drew, for real is like I look like a figure skater who let himself go. Like I used to be the guy winning gold medals in like flamboyant outfits and they hoisted me up at the end of the routine. And now I've got to be the guy doing the hoisting because he can't pick me up. That's kind of the hook of what I'm going for. Uh, so yeah, you'll see that. Right. Not, not, quite a, not quite a Chip and Dale, maybe a Chips and Dip, if you will. But I'll be there. And before I let you go, any question for me, as Susan put it? Uh, we got to get all, It's all questions today, so we're not going to let you go without a question. Oh, you want like a real Dr. Drew question? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Give me a I, question. I think, yeah. No, no. I, I, I think this is a good one. Okay. Uh, where are you weighing it? Where do you weigh in on the sugar battle? The re when I, what I mean by the sugar battle is, okay, when it comes to just weight loss, okay, because I try, like I have a stand-up special coming out. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm yeah. not telling you I want to look like a bikini model, but I also don't want to look like a before model. Yeah. So in the process of prepping for that, I usually try to eliminate sugars from my diet as the quickest expedited to weight loss. Am I doing something right mm -hmm. or wrong here? You're doing something right, but it's not likely to do a lot. Oh, hell. Right? I, right. I, I mean, look, the enemies, you know, simple sugars and starch, anything that looks that approximate cake, anything cakey, mm -hmm. anything pure sweet – you're not doing yourself a favor metabolically. If you have metabolic syndrome like me, it actually affects your lipid metabolism. Insulin resistance is enhanced. It, it's a thing. You have to be careful if you, and I suspect you're similar to me in this uh, this sort of biology. And so you have to pay attention. But in terms of, there's, you know, there's several different things. Weight loss is one thing. 
wealth weight maintenance is another thing health maintenance is another thing and I, you know fundamentally the diet you'll do is the diet i want you to do if you find one that's worked mm -hmm. for you losing weight but you're not going to be able to stay on anything long term unless you get kind of a sensible thing going and uh mm -hmm. susan do you want to ring in with your v-shred stuff i know that I, she's itching to come in here oh oh also you know the, you can't eat certain oils right seed oils you want to avoid seed oils like you avoid canola, bad oils. canola oil anything with oils canola you want to stay with it. butter and fat and and avocado if you can and olive oil proper olive, olive oil, real olive oil Okay. It, it gets a little complicated. So, and we so, have a we no. have a sponsor or an endorsement. Um, Drew has has and been then exercise. You he's endorsing exercise. something called V Shred, and I don't know if you've ever seen the ads of us prancing around, working out, and talking about the diet. Oh, but the, okay. The, he's going to look it up now. He's yeah, gonna, the diet. He's gonna, he's, this is going this is going to be part of the Monday deal. Yeah, trust me, he's going to he's going <laughs> to attack us for this on Monday. So. Yeah, well, Drew was a carnivore for four years. Yeah, I was he on carnivore for four years. Carbs. I was on no carb, no anything for four years, just meat. Oh. And, and I would have to like cook ten pounds of steak every yeah. Monday. And, uh, and turned out I gained a bunch of weight. Yeah. I, at first, it was really good, <laughs> but for on a sustained basis, it wasn't so good. So there you go. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to let you go, my friend. I see you looking. But anyways, your... we're eating carbs now, and we're losing weight, and we're staying in shape, and it, it's awesome. Yeah, and I, I lost 14 both pounds. No, I love this. It this, is, out. this is yeah. something to talk about Monday because the truth is, like for TV, yeah. I always say, like I'm surrounded by TV stars. I look like I installed your TV. Okay, it's a superpower, <laughs> but I also need to be mindful because I'm in a very aesthetic visual medium. So I will come armed with questions. And, and treat right, this good. like a semi-serious conversation. There you go. Okay, great. Jimmy, thank you so much we for being part you. of it. We love you. We'll see you soon. Okay, take Rock care, buddy. Roll Monday. Bye. The great Jimmy Fela. Ta -ta. Follow him on X at Jimmy Fela, F-A-I. Two L's? Two L's in his name? Yes, two L's. <clears throat> and you can find him at Jimmy Fela on okay. Twitter. And all uh, the you other guys have been very patiently uh, standing by while we've got lots and lots of calls. Give him, a, get him, give him a shout out. He's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Uh, let me try to get to your calls here. I'm sorry that we were sort of uh, vamping there for a minute. Let me try to get Mike up here and see what Mike wants to talk about. Sorry, guys. We're indulging ourselves. We've got a little time left here. It's funny. A lot of diet questions have come up in the last couple of days. Yeah, you know? and you know the guy that asked me a diet question yesterday DM'd me again like, "No, I want real specifics." Like, you you can't. I opened by saying, "Look, the biochemist I admire most is the one who says you can't really say much about real specifics about nutrition. It's too biologically complicated. There are certain things you can say, and I say those things." Um, all right, try the V shred. Oh, you might like it. Mike, <clears throat> I lost Mike again. Uh, we will get to. I do. I'm very picky about diets too. Yeah, I know. It's basically what I would cook normally, and but the recipes are very good, and it's easy to follow, and you can stick with it and see the weight fall off, and then you're amazed because you had like a taco and you lost weight. Like, oh, look at that! The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family—dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency 
room told me, you have two years to live. Oh boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, oh boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis versicolor mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash pet club 24-7 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. This is Yolanta. Yolanta, chance to come in? There you are. Mic dropped off. Hey, Yolanta. Got to unmute that mic. Hello. Yeah, yeah, there I'm there. Yeah. Hey there. Um, thank you very much for letting me ask you some questions. I've just listened to the lady that was asking about the vaccinating elderly. I've got a couple of questions. It's still concerning COVID and the vaccines in total, of course. Um, let me ask you another question. Have you read the turtles all the way all the way down? The the turtles all the way. I'm I am familiar with yeah. that. Yes, I've not read it. In, yeah. I've not read it carefully. It was recommended to me when <laughs> I was still very dismissive of uh, anything yeah. anti-vax. Now mm -hmm. I'm least I'm listening. I'm still not. I am not in that camp. Uh, let's be clear about this. I, I vaccinate yeah. people. Yeah. I understand people are concerned, uh, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay, but uh, if you will get to this book, realize that it has been published in 2018 or 19 already, before all this debacle has started. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was yeah. It was uh, the anti, you know, listen. So I, I don't believe, it, well, I'm going to say this. I have friends that are, you know, I, I don't um, exclude somebody from friendship because of their belief system on vaccines. And uh, yeah. some of my anti-vax friends were like, you got to read this book. And I was like, all right, okay. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't read it carefully, but so go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I haven't taken the COVID uh, job, but I have been vaxxed up to my eyeballs apart from the, actually, I never had the uh, flu vaccine because I just mm -hmm. couldn't really face the ideology be behind this, mm -hmm. that we are taking the shots with the material from last three years to prote protect us from the common flu strain well just, we, we in spite of that we would we would generally capture about 60 percent of the flu viruses we would we would generally do okay most years that's pretty oh, good i i want protection right. against that i want my elderly patients to be protected against that you remember flu oh. kills old people you gotta remember that yeah, I know. I'm, I, I'm a doctor as well. The thing is that, you know, even even Dr. McCulloch recently, I haven't personally looked into the details, detailed data about the flu vaccine, but apparently there, is pub, there are publications so, already showing that there so are about want, 16 let me, let me talk to you about. Let me, let, let me ask you something else. Let me ask something else. Yeah. This is something I want to... I, did you hear me talking about how adulterated the the patient-physician relationship has become? Did you hear us talk to me talking about that? Okay. I, I want to ask you about this. Be, what's that? 
it was it today or on the previous public no, I did. I said it about a half an hour, third, 20 minutes ago I was talking about it. But but, but listen, are, are you practicing yeah. medicine in the United States? Uh, no, in UK. UK. So yeah. here, the relationship between the doctor and the patient has been adulterated by insurance companies and hospitals that employ yeah. doctors and state agencies. It's just, it's adulterated. And physicians have been trying to break free from it for 30 years. And it's only gotten yeah. exponentially worse. I'm of the opinion that the physician, a highly well-trained and caring physician and a motivated informed patient is your your most effective, most efficient unit in medicine, period, okay? Yeah. And that has been adulterated on the physician side by all these employees and financial distortions and drug companies and all mm -hmm. these things. I want to put some of the control back in the hands of the patient. Do you agree with that, that we should be helping patients be the locus of control for their own health care? Absolutely, but based on the fact that you've got to give them all the information that is available. And not all yes. information is even available to you. Yes. That, that I, I, th this is what I thought you would say. And, and I agree with that, which is why I'm trying to be open to everything. And you know in science, yeah. you know in biology, getting at the truth yeah. is really hard. It's really hard. And then you also know harder. that our clinic, say it again? It got even harder based on the recent experience with when we look at, yes. at the literature that is accessible to us and what is published and the quality yes, of what is published. Yes, ma'am. Oh, a thousand yes. percent true. Thou yes, oh. it's, it's mortifying to me. I, I never thought no. we'd be here, but here we are. So, no. so no. we agree. Um, and so I, I just think that rational uncertainty on everything is the right approach that trying to approximate the truth as best we can, but that our clinical experience has meaning, right? That your and my clinical yeah. experience has been washed out of the conversation of what's going on here. It's all about yeah. the literature only, and no one talks about what physicians are seeing. And when you do talk mm -hmm. about what you're seeing, you're attacked for it. Do you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. Yeah, you are not allowed yeah. to have experience anymore. You've got to follow the protocols right. and the boxes. Yes, that that's terrible. And and so yeah. I'm on, my experience goes on cuts both ways, right? So I'm telling you, like yeah. elderly patients, you know, I'm able to get them into their nineties. I'm an internist. I vaccinate them all. Oh. And I, you know, it's kind of working for me, and I've not seen any side effects. That's my clinical experience. I also oh. fought like crazy against the Women's Health Initiative when the national, all the oh. national uh, gynecologic and obstetrical societies told me that I was a, literally these words, I was a witch doctor if I dared to give hormone replacement therapy to a woman. And I said, it's going right. to destroy a lot of women. It did. They all turned to, into immobilized spheres with uh, fractured spines. It was atrocious oh. because these societies all took a certain position. I'm worried about all of this now. This, you know, there's all these oh. very strong positions that organizations are taking. They have been wrong in the past. Are you worried that they're wrong now? Um, I allow this possibility to fruit coming fruition very soon, actually, because there are several things that has been sort of debunked, or at least I have learned more about them, like, for example, the anti-cholesterol drugs. 
and their role in the preventing heart attacks. Now, what I'm thinking about as well, I, I would like to ask you about it. Like when uh, you are familiar with the Cleveland Clinic study that they did on the amount of uh, jobs the, the all the people that are employed in Cleveland Clinic took. Yes, and they got and sick. What, what, they yeah. got sick. More likely more to get sick they afterwards. They're more likely to get sick with yeah. the vaccine than not, correct? Isn't that the outcome? That's yeah. right. And the more they yeah. took, the more sick yeah. they got. Now, my question again, uh, I probably I was a bit slow to make this a thought process, but when you think about okay. elderly or when you think about a immunocompromised people, you are mm -hmm. sort of uh, prepared to vaccinate them because you come from the point that their immune system is malfunctioning in terms of uh, its scenario for the elderly or with the immune compromise, it's not working properly. Well, let, let's, yeah? yeah, so let's be fair. Um, oh. So the the elderly, we know they're at risk for a variety of reasons, right? I don't, I don't oh. think so much about just their immune compromise. I think about all the different mechanisms that the senescence results in, in issues. Yeah. But the oh. interesting thing that you made me just think about is if it's in a, an actual immunocompromised patient, let's say with mm -hmm. a chronic immune condition, uh, the immunocompromise yeah. comes from what we give them. From the medication yeah. we give them, that's where they become immunocompromised. So it's a kind this of an interesting question. situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is my question. So, how should we expect them to respond to their immune system to respond to this stimulus if it is not, if, if it's unlikely to respond without it? I mean, normally it's well, not responding because I don't know if you've seen. I've only seen that data as it pertains to COVID. Uh, and um, they give extra vaccines. The rheumatologists are giving more vaccine to some of those immunocompromised patients. They're giving bigger doses, but, more but, frequent. Uh, okay, but just to simplify it, don't you think, yeah. or am I that simple, that it sounds a bit illogical? I, I, I'm, I'm with your thought process. And Yolanta, I've got to say goodbye. I've got other callers that want to come in, but I, I appreciate you making me think it through. I want to be thinking things through like that all the time. And uh, and uh, yes, please please continue to uh, to ask those questions. Uh, let's see, this is Kayan. I'm sorry to have to cut you off because I've got other calls I've got to try to get to here. Uh, Kayan, it didn't uh, you didn't come up for some reason, even though you're requested. That's weird. I'm going to remove Kayan and I'm going to ask him to come up again. Whoop. Okay, Kayan is caught in a loop of some type. Uh, let me bring Josh up real quick and uh, yeah, bring, Josh bring someone up. System. I have a, I have a hey, question hey, Dr. Drew. after him. Okay. Hey, Josh, um, what's happening? Not much. So I just wanted to talk to you about what you said. You you woke up in the middle of the night and you were kind of, um, you know, confused about where your position was. And I feel like it's okay to be ambivalent about the medical community. I think that that's what makes you a really good doctor is that you're willing to question um, what's been placed before you. And you, you definitely have some real concerns. The funny thing here, and you'll probably be upset with me for saying this, is, um, <laughs> you know, you kind of remind me of what happened with psychiatry. We, we sort of turned against science in the 60s. Um, and like Foucault was someone who turned against the prevailing wisdom yes. of, of science. And you almost remind That's me true. of Foucault. You almost remind me of Foucault today uh, because you're trying to 
tread that line. You're, you know, obviously he's a philosopher. You're a doctor, so it's very, very different. Mm. But um, mm. I just had that something came. But, but I, says, I get what is, you're is, saying. Is, is I, he doing I, Foucault in the 1960s? I, you know, no, it's a great question, and and I I don't think I, I hope I'm not. I don't think I am. Uh, but what's tough for me is because I'm doing this publicly people have to watch me struggle in real time some people like that some people hate that and it's always the way i've done it uh and and by the way when i've been overly certain or hubristic it's been to my detriment and been a mistake so um i kind of feel like struggle is i you know i i'm advocating for rational uncertainty i i want to be a model for that 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 we struggle with things i i'd like to get close to the truth i'd like close to getting it right but to really get something right takes time in biological sciences and medicine in particular it it takes a while to to, for things to sort of clarify themselves uh, over time and that's the part that we aren't giving each other We, we really sort of aren't giving each other that chance uh, this is health uncensored. Thanks, Josh. Uh, trying to get through as many as people as we can here. Uh, health uncensored. Unmute your mic there, and let's see what you got. Hi, Doctor Drew. Thanks for allowing me there to come go. on and speak. Um, my question is: you What's your take on vaccine-induced viral reactivation, and what role does that have in vaccine injuries? Um, to, to give what, a bit what do you of mean by what specifically? What do you mean by um, viral reactivation? Vac- which which vaccine-induced viral reactivation? I mean taking a vaccine towards a targeted pathogen, let's say COVID, and a byproduct okay. of receiving that vaccine is significantly raising the risk of activating dormant viruses you're already carrying. Let's say shingles, for instance, uh, herpes zoster, as a byproduct of taking yeah. a COVID vaccine. Okay. I do tell me more what you're thinking because I don't have a strong opinion about this. It, it, my my sense of yeah, I mean, you'd have to come up with a mechanism for it, and that's pretty complicated. But I will tell you that things like shingles can get activated from almost anything. So it, it worries me if we're using shingles as a paradigm. Well, um, shingles actually, um, from what I've read, only occurs in the immunocompromised and the elderly. From what I've read, you know, if the immune nope, system is suppressed, nope, it, it occurs. Nope. It, it's it predominantly in those populations, but it's all over the place. I see it all all over the place. Healthy people, okay, um, young people, an example, all kinds of people. Um, an example of vaccine-induced viral reactivation and the, the potential connection to uh, various conditions and diseases, a great one would be autism. Um, there's a lot of research going back to the 70s showing a causal association between viral infections and autism. Things like rubella, things like CMV, things like herpes simplex. Um, there's yeah. case reports and, and showing. I, there's case reports showing how people have an episode of viral encephalitis, and from there on out, they qualify clinically speaking for autism spectrum disorder. They meet all the diagnostic right. criteria. Right. So, so after, there is no doubt. There's no doubt that in that you know an inflammatory brain condition in childhood can result in massive alterations in development, massive, 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 and sometimes if it happens early enough and significantly enough, it will lead to a autistic spectrum type picture. Um, but again, it's a broad category. Uh, but yes, certainly for sure, there's no doubt that that can happen. Now, whether or not 
you know, vaccines can activate something. I, I only have the consensus. Again, if there's some other consensus a brewing, I will keep an eye on it. And the consensus is that's not the case. But, uh, you know, I all I can tell you, I was totally dismissive of that uh, two or three years ago. Now I'm watching, reading, seeing if anything strikes, strike, crosses my path. Uh, listen, uh, Caleb, you said you had a question. I, I, I rolled oh, yeah. right past you. What was that? Yeah, I had a quick question. I specifically didn't Google for this because I wanted to get the answer on the show from you. But when Taylor, mm. when my wife, when she was going into labor with the new baby, I noticed whenever they plugged her into the epidural that in big letters, the epidural says that it's fentanyl. How is fentanyl as an mm. epidural safe for a pregnant woman to take by an IV when she's pregnant? Fent and fentanyl, all... There's no medication that people abuse that can't be used therapeutically to good purpose. And right. fentanyl, fentanyl's been around for. A, I've used fentanyl a thousand times. It's it's a it's a good oh, it's a good analgesic. You use you get to use very little. Has to be done extremely cautiously under very controlled conditions. It's a very powerful analgesic and uh, perfectly fine. But does it's it just not that like, if you're using it on your own, you can right. easily overdose with it and die. Now, right. But on you know, and all opiates are essentially the same. I mean, right. in terms of their effect on the body, they have no effect on the body. They're harmless. Right. They and don't so, hurt the body. They just make you not breathe if you take a lot of it. Right. Uh, and if you're under controlled conditions, you get pain control. Right. I guess that's my question is like, I guess I just automatically assumed that any use of any opioids for someone who's pregnant could pass on to the baby in some way. And I just didn't understand why fentanyl. Sometimes there, are, there are ways that can happen. There are ways that doesn't. can happen, but... But it doesn't if, because it's in the spine. It's just in the spinal oh. column. It's being, it's being localized in the spinal column. Okay. Um, but let's say we did give your wife some opioids. It's fine. The baby will, right. you know, the baby's not going to go have withdrawal from a single exposure to opiate. You know right, I mean? right. Nor just, is she, he or she. It shocked I mean, me. it can affect their respiration. Well, they can affect their respirations, and I'm sure the doctor will be watching that very carefully, but right. it's, not, it's not that big a deal. Look, right. we used to use patients coming off heroin we used to use to detox the babies. We used to use anti-diarrheal medications, and that was it. That's right, all we right. used. We really? give them paragoric, and they'd have some irritability for a couple of days, and that was it. Now, people have made much more of babies in withdrawal, and they've got a more sophisticated approach to it. But it's right. still a much milder syndrome that people think it is, and right. people get too wrapped up in, you know, the, the what they hear. You know, fentanyl bad. You know, right? That's fentanyl, that's fentanyl. What happened? Fentanyl, right. fentanyl. It's a, it's a drug that's been around for a long time. It's still very useful. It was so, just shocking to just see, you know, because you see fentanyl the in the news all the time and then to see it in a label there, they just bring in this case and I'm thinking, oh, geez, there's that drug that mm -hmm. their cartels are fighting wars over. <laughs> just coming in this case here, plugging it into my wife's spine. But that's what, so yeah. I guess the other question there is that if someone, let's say someone is like knows that they're an addict and they're pregnant, but are they, what do they use? Mm. Is there an alternative epidural or is this different because it's going straight well, to the spine? Well, it's, it's a really interesting question. Uh, the answer is yes and no. Mm. Uh, there are alternatives they could use. Uh, they usually, be, just because somebody's a drug addict doesn't mean they shouldn't get analgesic when they have a right. surgery or something. Right. It's just what, but what happens is that when they, let's say they like, I remember Shelly from Celebrity Rehab. She yeah. has this great story about how she woke up from a surgery with a morphine pump on, and and she'd been sober at that point a few years, but just being in the presence under the influence of that drug, 
Right. All of her crazy thinking came back. And right. she immediately began manipulating the nurses for more drugs. She got angry, right. irritable, started splitting, started doing right. all the things that drug addicts do. And if somebody's not there to get her off the opiates and get her back landed in the program, she could easily leave the right. hospital and start pursuing more drugs. Right. So that's it's the problem it's, is that it's it like, activates all I've, the terrible thinking. I've told you this before that whenever, you know, when I was in the hospital for those nine days back in 2020, I, I mean, I did two, two or three hospital mm. stays there. When I was in so much pain from my Crohn's disease and my psoas muscle and everything, mm. they would plug me into an IV with Dilaudid. Now, I don't, mm -hmm. I've never had any problem. Like after the hospital, you know, they gave me Percocets and everything and I tapered off fine. I've never pursued any of them. I don't even like them. But every time someone on the show says the word Dilaudid, I feel a little warm. And I'm like, oh, there was one positive thing with all of my suffering when I was in the hospital was that I, I knew that second hospital trip, I could go back, they'd plug me into the Dilaudid. So even though I've never tried everybody. to- Right, like, how does everybody, that? Everybody, Caleb in my likes Dilaudid. Everybody, <laughs> Caleb really, really likes Dilaudid. I will not tell you, to chase you, you, it, you, I understand. I understand. <laughs> you verbalized it every time. Every time right. someone mentioned it, you go, "Oh, Dilaudid." No, <laughs> you literally say like, it out loud. Is so, it from? But here's the, the thing. Well, well is here's that the from thing. From the so, itself, so, or is it because I was yes, in so much pain yes. and it relieved the pain and my brain? No, no, it's the Dilaudid. It's the it's it is the Dilaudid, and. You know, not everyone has a positive experience to opiates at all, right? Like, I right. get kind of dysphoric from opiates. I I don't like them. I hate oh, yeah, them. I, yeah, Would I like Dilaudid? Maybe. I don't know. But we all have different genetic constructs. And maybe that's your tiny, tiny risk for addiction there telling us it's there. Right. You know, you might have a little, little risk with certain opioids or certain something. Yeah. The, the risk for addiction is a spectrum from exploding the first time you expose yourself to alcohol to something right. like you're describing, where if you also had trauma, it's childhood trauma and emotional dysregulation, and we're seeking relief from that, maybe you would be more prone right. to head towards that dilaudid a little bit, and maybe it would activate something we call addiction. I don't know. It won't right. happen. Don't worry about it. It's well, not, it's, not I, an issue. I just remember my uh, doctor at the time is like, I mean, I, cause I was in so much pain. They put me on, I had so many Percocets just in big bottles yeah. by the end, whenever I was out of pain, yep. I was like, Oh, well, I, I don't need these. So I just got rid of them through like whatever the secure thing is, you get rid of the pills. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not, I don't have the addictive gene to opioids as strong. No, no, you don't. Not, not to the, the not enough know. to trigger something. Right. Not or something to really not enough to really trigger something. So it, right. it's not something you have to worry about. That's for sure. Right. I just I do right, remember friend, also uh, that, that part that second time I went to the hospital, I was like, God, I'm in so much pain. This is the worst. But at least I get dilaudid. So I, I guess there's one positive percent, one percent positive to all this horribleness going on right now. So so but. here's what a real addict does. So Tom Arnold has a story about I think it was Tom, where he got in a motorcycle accident, was laying in the street bleeding. And he was in terrible pain and he heard the ambulance coming and he became overwhelmed with the notion, <laughs> the following thought, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> this is going to be fantastic. I'm going to get morphine. So oh, psyched. Man. He was oh. just like, oh, this is the best. Just at oh. hearing the, the siren right. from the ambulance. Oh, so that's, that's drug addiction. That's Here's, drug addiction. Well, so different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so, uh, Caleb, let's uh, let's go over let's go over all the particulars about next week again. We have noon time or eleven thirty. Please check us uh, with Christine Anderson next Tuesday. Then uh, the usual times three o'clock Wednesday and Thursday. Doctor Victory will be with me on Tuesday and Wednesday next week. 
and then we are Monday night at the Chelsea Music Hall in New York City underneath the Chelsea Market with Jimmy Fallon and Kat Timp and now Kennedy. Live. Thanks to uh, my in wife's. In the flesh. Thanks to Susan's, uh, uh, what did Jimmy call it? A fire hose texting. <laughs> it got, got Kennedy dragged into everything. Uh, no, it I just is invited her. She just wanted to be a part of it. Fifty percent off. Oh, we have a new channel at Kick. Kick dot com slash drdrew. Caleb set that up. And a reminder: you can get fifty percent off at uh, drdrew dot com slash ny comedy using the code Drew. Drew. Early show Tuesday. Early show. We're doing it early on. Oh, Tuesday. we're doing the show on Tuesday. Yeah. I know you, we have a new time slot. It's not great for our regulars, but just try to remember. But I don't know if it's. Um, I don't know if it's going to be 11.30 or 12. Please keep an eye out for that. Uh, I don't think Barsh actually sent us a clarification text. She did not. Uh, I think it's noon. That was the last email I got, but it should be good. 11.30 would be better. It would be better. I agree. Uh, but we'll see. You know what, guys? As soon, it was, as, it was as soon as we get this baby into a better sleep schedule, I'm going to make a schedule page on the website so everyone can go there and get the most mm. up-to-date stuff, and we never have to do this again. <laughs> I'll fix it. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, a shout out. Oh, it's charming. And a, it is. A shout out to the TWC people who uh, we are working with very closely now. They've been a pleasure. They are allowing me to put things together the way I want to and to try to, again, bring that locus of control back to the patient. The emergency kit is, is the beginning of those ideas. I just have always thought people should have travel kits and should have first aid kits and should have ways that you can educate people to use these things. There's no reason they shouldn't have them. And so that, that's what they're helping me put together. So it's a pleasure to be a part of their world. That's uh, TWC, the wellness company. Um, and uh, look for more coming from them. Susan, anything else before I wrap this thing up? Check out V-Shred. Okay, I had a feeling that was coming. Check that out. Uh, and I've got to go do my V-Shred right after this. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for the calls. Thank you for you guys on Restream. I've been watching you. And of course, the Rumble Rants are always a pleasure. Susan's been over there with you guys. Uh, talk about why smoking is bad. <laughs> uh, no, no, tobacco is all bad. It causes heart disease, causes vascular disease, causes emphysema, causes lung cancer, uh, actually causes, is associated with several other kinds of cancer as well. It's a carcinogen. Let's be clear about it. Tobacco is the problem, not nicotine, tobacco. All right, everybody, thank you for being here. We will see you next Tuesday at, uh, I believe, noon. Check it out. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800 273 8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com/help. Yeah.